1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Oh, my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around
1: Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast Carabao Cup Final Special. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. The game literally finished 15 minutes ago. We'll get all the reaction from Wembley over the course of this show. And we start by talking to a couple of Arsenal insiders. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. So, two for the price of one with our Arsenal insiders. Delighted to say that both David Hillier and Adrian Clark joined me having watched the game for the Matchday show. Uh, gentlemen, not a great day, let's be honest. We'll start with team selection, formations, game plan. We'll start with you, Dave.
3: I thought it was a brave team selection because it allowed um, having three central defenders, although it seems like you're, you're, you're taking... A more defensive take on it because you're leaving three against one effectively. I think it allowed our fullbacks to push on, um, and when the team actually turned out, we we only really had one holding or defensive midfield player, which I, I felt um, played us and served us well. First half, it allowed Jack to move into a more forward position. We didn't create loads, but we did create more. Opportunities than I think we would have if we'd have sat back with two, two defensive midfielders in a back four. Definitely. Clark,
1: it's one of those, isn't it, where Arsenal knew, I think, from pretty much early on in the game they weren't going to see a huge amount of the ball. It was what they could do with it and what they could soak up.
4: It was, yeah. Look, I wasn't against the formation. I think three at the back was probably the right decision, even though the result and performance didn't go as we hoped. Um, I still feel that we're better in a three. It's a big call to give Callum Chambers the nod. Maybe I would have gone with Nacho Monreal as part of a back three and and played Kolasinac at wing-back. That didn't happen, but as it turned out, we we almost got there. Um, Yeah, I I actually, whereas David's saying he thinks it worked well with the one defensive midfielder, maybe on reflection, I'd like to have seen more of a a three-man unit in terms of you've got Xhaka there and Ramsey and Wilshire either side as box-to-box players. Jack was pushing on quite quite a lot more than the other guys. Jack was probably the the most eye-catching of the three. But now that when you don't have a lot of the ball, like Arsenal knew they weren't going to have a lot of the ball, you need to have that menace on the counter-attack. Unfortunately, we didn't really have that often enough. A couple of long balls over the top for Aubameyang, that's about it. And you need to take your chances as well. Just a few minutes into the game, Mm. Arsenal
1: with an excellent opportunity.
5: Long by David Ospind towards Jack wilshire who's got a little bit of space here for Arsenal. Wilshire breaking forward, tries to play through towards Aubameyang. Might go himself, it falls to Ramsey. Right-hand side here is able to get the shot away. It'll fall for Aubameyang, must score! Oh, no, he doesn't! Bravo, somehow! Manages to pounce on that inside the six-yard box. How on earth did that not go in?
3: And, yeah, Aubameyang, really, really good chance early on. Yeah, it was. You know, Arsenal worked the ball well down the right-hand side, managed to get the ball across right across the six-yard box. For me, I'm not sure whether he was in a slightly offside position. I think VAR might have picked that up after. I think he was. Um, yeah, I think there's a possibility of that. But when you slow it down, it's a fantastic um, challenge by Kyle Walker. From behind, on the side, takes the ball first. But in saying that, I agree that I think Young should have been a bit sharper, should have been to the ball a little bit quicker and should have put that in the back. And even if it's disallowed, it put some doubt into city's mind straight away and it didn't seem to affect. He was on
4: his heels, wasn't he? I think. I think when you you expect your strikers to be on their toes and to attack the cross, mm. he was waiting
3: for the cross to come in. That just allowed a little bit of time for but I Kyle. Think that's Walker because to come he's in. holding back because he knows he's then he's getting. He's looking along the line, Clarky. He can see defenders, and he knows if that ball don't come there, I'm going to be offside. So that's where the holding back comes. And, and as you say, allowed Kyle to come in. I think in it's a brilliant challenge. tackle. I think sometimes you've got, just got to credit the yes, opposition, and really it, it was outstanding piece of
4: defending.
1: So Arsenal did not take that chance, and then caught with a sucker punch in somewhat controversial fashion.
5: Bravo, punts it long. Aguero and Mustafi. Oh, Aguero's got three down the centre here. This is Sergio Aguero! Manchester City have the lead. Well, squadron Mustafi is absolutely furious here because he believed that he was shoved.
3: So, Arsenal all of a sudden then find themselves one down and with already a bit of a mountain to climb. Well, Clarke Clark is a forward so he won't know much about defending anyway, but, <laughs> but he'll tell you that the defenders, the worst goal you can concede apart from playing it straight to the centre forward and him running in is a straight ball. And As a central defender, a manager will rip you to pieces for a straight ball down the middle. Mustafi doesn't get back into the correct position, I believe. I think he's, he's sitting in front of Aguero for some reason like a midfield player would. Um, and then the cover either side is 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 left side is central defender and the right because he's ended up being central are way too wide so and they've not dropped off they've not give themselves a cushion so they can't react personally I think there may be a little bit of gamesmanship slightly but. but Players take advantage of other players' I, weaknesses. In my
4: opinion, you can't give that as a foul.
3: No, 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 I'm not, yeah. I'm not giving it as a foul. I'm saying it's gamesmanship. Mm. I used to play with Ian Wright who'd mm. wait for someone to look away from play, follow the ball slightly, a central defender, then he'd make his run. Yeah. So you, you, you as a midfield player would look at the defender and when the defender went like that, then you play the ball because you know Wright is on the move. Yeah. That's when you get your I yard. Sp- I spoke about... Sergio Aguero
4: in the breakdown looking ahead to the final and I said look whatever we do we cannot allow space in behind yep. for him to run onto." He scored in the FA Cup semi-final yep. last season with a long ball over the top. Here it is, it is really disappointing defending. He's got to have more awareness. He's got to be goal side. I don't understand, I don't understand why he isn't goal side. And then you're right about the two guys on the side. They need to be deeper than they were. Mm. Um, to provide better cover.
1: So Arsenal one down at that stage, still one down and at least in the game until the 57th minute and more controversy.
5: So, right wing corner, De Bruyne will take. Oh, that's clever here. Come the one with a shot, comes through. A crowd of players, takes a inflation, goes in. Companies claiming it. And Manchester City have got a second here.
1: VAR employed to see whether or not Sane is interfering with the goalkeeper's vision in the end the goal stands what do you think? Mm.
3: Personally I don't think he is I, I think that it's a it's a well worked corner again um, Guardiola does his homework Arsenal have got seven players occupied in a box by space they're not you know and with the zonal position so he knows that they can't mark everyone around the edge of the box it's going to be someone spare first of all he should not have that amount of time to get a shot off. As soon as that ball travels from the corner, as soon as it moves, starts going towards the edge of the box, someone's got to break out, get that closed down. Um, it, company is, is to the side of the goal, to the side of the, the, the penalty spot, as I see it, and I think the ball's driven into him. So I think, regardless of whether it's been as unsighted at that point, it don't really make a difference because the ball's not on target. They've worked it into that area. Certainly, when it hits Company's foot... Aspina can see the ball straight in front of him.
4: I was surprised that that it wasn't reviewed or that we weren't made aware. Maybe it was reviewed. It was. It It was was. reviewed behind the scenes, yeah. 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 Um, My opinion is that he, Sane blocked Aspina's vision in the build-up to the goal as the ball comes across the goal. He clearly is, is in the way of him. So for that reason, I, I would have certainly thought it was worth a shout of, of being an interfering player in an offside position. Worth a shout
1: is one thing rather than a place... Yeah, look, I,
4: I'm position. not going to sit here and say that's a goal that should definitely have been disallowed. But I think there was a case for it because in the in, as the ball comes across, the goalkeeper was put off by Sane's presence in an offside position Having said that, you bang on, Dave. Someone on the edge, either at the edge of the box, has got to read that pass, that cut back from De Bruyne, or someone has got to get in the face of, of, of Gundawan who passed it across the face of goal. It's a lack of focus, unfortunately. And how many times have we
3: talked about a lack of focus defensively this season? Too often. But do you not think, taking all that into account, mm. that if you believe, as a player, mm. as a goalkeeper, that someone's interfering and getting in your way... If that was Manu, they'd have six players around the ref. You know, where is it? Where are the players? Where's the spinner? Come on. And, so, is this and, back to and, a lack of leadership or what well, is this? Well, just, I don't know, just, just, a, just an inner desire to, to get everything out of the game, regardless of whether. It's completely right or not. You know, you want your team to win at whatever cost. Mm. You know, I wouldn't go I to have the. Have to say, yeah, yeah. I have to you say, want a reaction that, from people. Maybe it, that would activate them to look at the VAR because of it, and they say, hold on a minute, all right, we will,
4: yeah, yeah. we'll just have a we'll look. We're getting to a wider issue there, and the wider issue is, yeah, are there enough leaders in the team? Did we see enough leadership from the key players in this game? Was there enough steel, physically and mentally, in this game? And the, the answer, unfortunately, is no. No.
1: Okay, so then David Silva adds the third, and it's all over at this point. And that goes
4: probably to add to this point of the yeah. game just continuing to ebb away. For this one, yeah, I mean it's, it's again the back line is a bit jumbled, isn't it? In the build up, they're not very particularly well organised. In my opinion, there are two small mistakes here for Arsenal. One is Callum Chambers just gets too tight to David Silva. I mean, he's he's got to block off the ball down the side. He's got to get himself into a position where David Silva cannot run down the side of him. He doesn't. He gets too tight, drawn in and is rolled. As a striker, that's exactly what you want. And then I would say... David Espina, for me, his positioning was too far towards the post. He did leave quite an inviting space to, towards that far yeah, post. I mean,
3: I, I think it was a great finish. It was a great turn. It takes a lot of technical ability to be able to do that in one movement and get a shot off and exploit space. 100% though with Clarkey. He's marking on the wrong side of the ball. He's marking on the wrong side of the ball. He's got, a, he's got someone inside him that covers him. A defender, so you get yourself in a position, the ball's come from the the left hand side, or the right hand side of Silver is looking at it. So for me, Callum should be the right hand side of Silver in as much in line with the ball as he can, because he's defending that space to the right hand side of him. And he leaves him, if anything, that bit to turn into the his covering defender. What he's done by going in there is he's offered the space, and then because he's committed to it, he's given the space. A dream. Players like Clarkey w- lived on that. A winger comes inside. All he wants to do is roll someone. Mm. He just wants to feel them. And as soon as you feel them, that's it. It's over. And those, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And and the
4: angled finish is a really good one. But yeah. it, it you know, some, yeah, yeah. I think Osprey's
3: position was slightly off. But we saw a couple of mistakes from, him, from yeah. him.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: It's just such a shame. I mean, Self-deployment, play, just doing things that are just not on the game plan, and that's frustra- frustrating. Ki- a
4: problem was, I mean, Arsenal, well, they didn't at any stage get going in the second half. I thought the first half was actually, it was one, one individual error, it was a pretty competitive final. Mm. City weren't playing brilliantly, but, but in the second half, I don't know what happened. They just never got going, and that, in that 15, 20-minute spell, it was all City. So, boys,
1: at least there is a chance of immediate redemption. Same team at Emirates Stadium here, Thursday night in the Premier League. Great what a quirk of fate, but a chance maybe to, to get some revenge and get something going immediately.
3: I think they've got to look beyond revenge and anything like that and just get a performance in. I think it's about... It, it, it's, this game is going to be really important to their confidence. If they get a, a hiding, right, if they go out there and, and they get a hiding and they're not confident, it can it's going to real do big damage to one or two players that are just quite fragile at the moment and they're holding on to their confidence um, and it's only going to take a little thing. I think it, it's got to be a really good strong, mature team performance. Mm. Just, just getting you know really getting on with each other in the game, looking after each other, and the, the crowd are going to be super important. They're going to have to get right behind the team and say, look, we do believe in you boys. You're what we've got. And Arsenal fans have always, regardless of whether they thought players should be in and out of the side, they've supported us. You know, there's plenty of times when I had a bad game and mm. no one said to me, you shouldn't be in the team next week. They just wanted me to play better next week. And I think that's what the players need to get out of. And the, that liberates the game. you then to go and yes, do that, doesn't that's it? That's exactly what the players need to get out of the Man City game. They need some liberation yeah. and, and to be freed from this this this, this, this big roller carpet that they're carrying on their shoulder yeah. at the moment because it's getting pretty heavy. Yeah,
4: pride I think is more important than points in this game, and the players need to restore sort of professional personal pride after you know, because they're going to take a lot of flack after this performance. Um, They need to restore pride and really show some passion because there were question marks over over how much Arsenal wanted it in this final. I I, I feel that that... I I just feel that they were beaten by a really superior team, unfortunately, but but they have to show the supporters and everybody that they really care. And and I think you bang on confidence... We can't afford another demoralising defeat here because there are some big games to come in the Europa League, and Arsenal need to be in the right frame of and, mind.
3: And it's very important, use the word passion, mm. that they channel it the correct way, yeah. because, because pa- Callum Chambers could be saying, oh, I was passionate today. When I went to challenge Silva, that was pure passion. Look at, look at the determination on my face. Well, my brief and would be clean sheet. Yeah. Clean sheet mentality. But Whatever f- happens, yeah. we don't concede. Passion isn't just going willy-nilly, run as hard as you can, it's fly into passion. everything. You've, it's got, you've got to be structured so that, so that you, like you say, you, you liberate yourself from what's happened and you can start fresh and say, do you know what? I am good. Let's take a big, deep breath as a team. Let's pull it all together and just regroup.
1: Okay, so one question to both of you guys to finish off. Man City on Thursday, then of course before we speak again, Clarkey, there's another game which is a way to brighten in the Premier League next Sunday as well. How do Arsenal as a team and as a management collective manage the players and, and treat this wider couple of games to come? Well,
4: let alone, as you say, AC Milan, they're waiting in the wings one. too. Yeah, Because for, for me, it's all about the Europa League. That's where I'd be steering the priorities. Arsene Wenger's already come out and said he's not willing to do that just yet. So these are two huge games for Arsenal Wenger. Two, you need six points if, if you've got any chance of the top four. So it is trying to build the players back up, I suppose, confidence-wise, coming up with a a game plan that the players believe in. I think the key for me is actually just learning from the mistakes we've made in this match. Um, it's horrible losing. It's even worse losing the cup final. But as long as you learn something from it, that, that's, that can be a positive. So I would expect the players to, to not make the same errors on Thursday or on Sunday in those games. If, if, if they play like they did in the second half we'll pick up zero points in the next two games
3: that's the reality of it there has to be a
4: big improvement
3: yeah I'm, I'm totally on board with that i think i think six points is a big ask because they're both tough games you know if if i was a manager who wasn't too worried about points if i was if arsenal was sitting down in in 14th with 40 points and safe i'd be happy with a point from each game because you, you get, there's more stability in mm-hmm. two defences than getting a hammer in and not doing so well against the side, that so say you, you, should, you should thump. But um, yeah I think you should be concentrating on the Europa. I think that may happen after the Man City game. I think we may see that. That might be the, the change, the defining moment when Arsenal says, we've got to put our eggs in one basket now because this, this is it really. Mm. But then you're looking at one game and it's all over at any stage, all the way up, even in the final, you're still not are still not guaranteed. It can be over. You can, you can put all your eggs in one basket, play those four or five games, work your socks off, get to the final, mm. lose the final, and it's like, should I've tried to leave that? And you can yeah. You can over yeah, rest yeah.
4: players as well, yeah. like
3: Mesut yes. Ozil. You could leave him out for two, or three league games, yeah. but, you, but,
4: but he might lose an edge there because for the Europa League game. So it's a fine juggling act, um, difficult situation. It's not a situation any of us wanted to be in. Certainly not the manager. But um, yeah, look, big improvements are needed because the team at the moment are, are well short, unfortunately, of a team like City.
1: Adrian Clark, David Hillier, thank you very much indeed for your time here on the Arsenal Weekly podcast. Well, we've had a bit of time to digest the result now and I'm delighted to say that Arsenal.com's Chris Harris, who is part of our team at Wembley today, has just come hot foot from the boss's press conference. Um, Chris, I guess first of all, what was the mood, what was the tone, what did Arsenal have to say?
5: Well, as you can imagine, Russell, uh, the boss was, was pretty curt, he was uh, pretty upset, uh, he didn't really want to answer too many questions, uh, he, was, he was very disappointed. Having said that, he did congratulate Man City, admitted they were the better team, but there were a few things uh, of interest, really. He, he thought we controlled the first half. He thought we kept, kept City under some sort of lock and key. But then he blamed self-inflicted wounds, really, in that first half. The first thing he pointed out was uh, the chance that Neil Mill, Obamingang, of course, uh, could have opened the scoring for us and Walker getting back to make that challenge. He felt that should have uh, worked out differently. And then the second self-inflicted wound was, of course, the uh, Mustafi Aguero incident that led to, to the first goal, and from there it really was, it wasn't was game over but we really did lose that chance to, to get a good foothold in the game.
1: Did he have much to say about just the general collective effort of the team perhaps closing down some of the tactical decisions and one or two of the other the wider areas that influenced the match?
5: Well one of the interesting things was uh, was the back three we haven't seen it for a while and we wondered if we'd ever see it again but of course, it's been successful here at Wembley in the past, and the boss did say that that's the reason he went for it. It worked against City, it worked against Chelsea in the FA Cup last season, so we thought he'd go for that. He didn't criticize any of the players' uh, spirits, any of any of their any of their effort at all. Um, He said it was very difficult at 3-0 to come back. He had an interesting complaint that he he said he he wanted more added time. And uh, and the fourth official said to him, well, why do you want more time? And and Arsene said to the fourth official, well, it's not for you to decide. You just play the the right amount of added time. So that was an interesting exchange that he had with one of the officials. But he did say that we did drop at 3-0. It was game over. He was very critical of the decision to not disallow the second City goal. He felt that the VAR... Um, should have picked up that Sane was standing in an offside position though no, that's kind of split opinion here in the press box and also back in the studio so uh, Arsene Wenger thinks that should have been disallowed
1: Yeah absolutely it has certainly split opinion on the podcast so far as well let's hear a little bit of the boss speaking to his post-match
0: I felt we were unlucky to come out at half time with a 1-0 down uh, we made a defensive mistake and we missed an unbelievable chance at 0-0 so uh, it was frustrating <laughs> In this kind of games, when you play against the side of the like, calibre, you know, uh, to be one down, uh, it's difficult. After, when we came out the second half, we didn't start well in the second half, and we are a bit unlucky, because for me the second goal it was 100% offside, and uh, then it was difficult You uh, know, We tried to come back, to change the system, but for me it was very difficult.
1: Arsene Wenger there. And I guess, Chris, as the boys have been discussing a little bit earlier on as well, hopefully onwards and upwards, and the chance for some kind of immediate redemption against the same team in a few days. Did Arsene talk about that?
5: Well, that's right, he did. He said it wouldn't be any easier to play them, um, what is it, just four days after this cup final because City will be on a high. But he'll expect the team to respond. One thing Arsene Wenger's sides have done in the past, maybe not so much this season, is they have bounced back quickly. And we need to, don't we, Russell? Because that fourth place, is, it, is it on the horizon, but we can still just about get there. And understandably, the, the press call were are asking about the Europa League, should we now prioritise that? He says he won't do that just yet, he just went, wants to win the next game. The next game, of course, is Man City.
1: And as we know, Nacho Monreal coming off with a, a little bit of a niggle. it would be interesting to see how Austin manages the squad and, and treats Thursday's game, the Brighton game, all building up to the AC Milan showdown as well.
5: Yeah, that's right, and it would be interesting to see how much he rotates uh, obviously Mkhitaryan will come back into the reckoning will we see the likes of World Tech star will we see Ainsley maitland Niles there's some players on the bench there who may get a run out on Thursday. who knows maybe we'll see a return to the back four
1: appreciate your time Chris and uh, thank you for coming on to the Arsenal weekly podcast we appreciate it my pleasure Well, that's full time on this Carabao Cup final special. Our thanks to David Hilliard, Chris Harris, and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing on the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well, and also find us on Acast these days. Remember too to get your questions into Clarky at the Chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. We're back first thing on Monday, March the fifth, to look back on those games against Man City and Brighton in the Premier League. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.